like so much hypocrisy right now. I don't know if you want to talk about that at all, but between you and I, like I'll see friends of mine that are like, stay home, whatever, quarantine. And then they're taking a picture of them with their family on the fucking beach. Like pick a lane. I'm Pete McCall, and welcome to this episode of the All About Fitness Podcast. That voice you heard in the beginning is local San Diego comedian, Ms. Lauren Jameson. Before I get into the full introduction for Ms. Jameson, if you could do me a favor, reach down, however you listen to this podcast, give it a quick review. Five stars, 15 stars, 50 stars, you know the deal. Ratings are the lifeblood for an independent content creator like myself. The more ratings that All About Fitness receives, the higher up in the search rankings it goes, and the more people can find out about the podcast. Now on to the introduction for Ms. Jameson. Lauren Jameson is a San Diego-based comedian. As a public speaker myself, I teach a lot of workshops. I travel around the world. I conduct fitness education workshops for name brands like Nautilus and Stairmaster, And as a public speaker, I watch a lot of comedians. And that's my my advice for people. And I tell people that all the time. They ask me for advice about public speaking. Is if you want to be a good speaker, watch comedians. Comedians know how to use silence. Comedians know how to tell a story. Comedians have a great stage presence. And you, you want to watch them. You want to hear what they have to say. Over the course of my career, I think I've been teaching workshops now for almost two decades, I have learned a lot from comedians. So when I met Lauren Jamison through a couple of mutual friends, and here's a, here's a funny little story. It turns out a kid I went to high school with, a kid, but a guy I went to high school with, Jonathan Bird, is a comedian here in San Diego. And we, you know, I follow him, we're friends on Facebook, and I've been meaning to get out to one of his shows and after I met Lauren and found out that she was performing at one of Jonathan's shows, that's when I went out and I reconnected with John and I caught Lauren's show. And it, it was a lot of fun. And, and it was really fascinating to watch. This was, it wasn't an open mic night, but it was, a, it, was a, it was a show of maybe a dozen different comedians, each doing maybe about three to five minutes of material. And it was really amazing to watch these young performers, some young, some, some a little bit more experienced, get up on stage and do their deal. Because a lot of times we watch comedians on Netflix or HBO or we hear them on a podcast and they are so polished. But they've been doing that for years. They've been practicing and rehearsing and and really working on their craft. And that's why I've had a lot of fun getting to know Lauren is she is an up-and-coming performer. And in this episode, what I wanted to do right now when we're all in in the middle of COVID-19, and we're practicing, you know, responsible social distancing. We're doing shelter at home. I'm trying. I'm using this opportunity right now to try to pump out a lot of content for the for the All About Fitness podcast. And I wanted to give you a slightly different perspective. Most of the time on the podcast, you know, I have people that are fitness experts, that are researchers, you know, professors, people that really do know fitness inside out. And one of the fun things I wanted to do with this interview was give you a different perspective from the consumer standpoint. Two things. I thought it'd be fun to hear a comedian's perspective. And I thought it'd be interesting to hear what's, how this is affecting somebody from a consumer standpoint. You know, from my standpoint, you're going to hear how it affects a fitness professional or how it affects people working in the fitness industry. And you know, that's all well and good. 
but it also is going to affect when you look at it. And I want you to think about this. Almost 30%, about, the numbers vary because it's hard to know how many people go to studios, but the estimate is about 25 to 30% of Americans go to some type of fitness facility on a regular basis, whether it's a studio, a corporate fitness center, a rec, you know, rec center, a YMCA, a JCC, or a standard commercial health club. The number is somewhere around 25%. So we're looking at 80 million, give or take, Americans who, who no longer have access to their regular fitness program. That's a huge disruption. I mean, let's face it, COVID-19 is a major disruption on so many fronts. But when we look at it from the standpoint of fitness, I mean, this is a fitness podcast. When we look at it from the standpoint of fitness, it really is a game changer on so many different levels. Anyway, that's why I wanted to have this interview with Lauren. And, and what I wanted to do, too, was to take a little, little look behind the scenes of what it takes to be a comedian. What's it take to be a performer? From working in a restaurant, going to open mic nights, and really just do something a little bit different with my with the program, you know, for this episode to give you a slightly different look at the fitness industry and what we can be doing. Now, before we get into the interview, I want to remind you that coming very shortly, I'm in the final stages of preparation. I know I've been saying that, but it takes a lot to do this. But I have three workouts I'll be releasing. And if you are looking for solutions for staying fit, go to PeteMcCallFitness.com. Again, go to PeteMcCallFitness.com. This is another way you can support the podcast. It doesn't cost you anything, and I actually will give you something free. If you go to my website, PeteMcCallFitness.com, and sign up for the mailing list, I'll send you a chapter from my book, Smarter Workouts. Not only will you get a chapter, but you'll get a bodyweight workout from the book that you can do at home without any equipment at all. So there's my ask. Go to the website, sign up for, my po- sign up for, for the mailing list, and I'll send you a chapter of my book. And if you want to support the podcast, buy a copy of the book or pay attention to when when my workouts come out and you can buy a workout. I'm going to price them very reasonably, very affordably. And they're eight week programs that will help you just do workout from home or wherever wherever you get a chance to sweat. That said, I'm going to have some information for our guest, Lauren Jamison, below. I'm going to have one of her sets that's on Vimeo. It is hilarious. I strongly urge you to check it out. She's performed in San Diego. She's performed in Hollywood. And right now, we are very lucky to have as our special guest, Miss Lauren Jamison. Today, I'm doing something a little bit different. I am speaking with a friend of mine, a local uh, San Diego-based comedian. I guess comedian is the right term, right, if you're female? Is that, sure. Is that right? I, won't, sure. I won't hit the feminist oh, button comedian. just yet. <laughs> What's that? I said I won't hit the feminist button just yet. Comedian <laughs> sounds more elegant anyway. Well, that's, that's kind of what I thought. But Lauren Jameson is an up-and-coming comedian. And I've, I've caught her act. I caught her live one time. And then I caught her. Um, she and some of her friends did a Zoom uh, com- comedy show. What was it? I guess last week in the era of um, Shelter at Home. And it occurred to me. I'm like, let me reach out to her because I thought it'd be kind of fun to kind of get a comedian's take on being stuck at home. And not only that, but how would you describe your relationship to fitness, Lauren? I mean, I know you're not in because most of my guests on the show are instructors or other educators like geeks like me, but how would you describe your relationship to fitness? Well, thanks for mixing it up uh, and taking on <laughs> a, an artist this time. Um, thanks for having me on, Mr. McCall. I appreciate it. It's nice to have some face-to-face interaction while we're on this shutdown, which I, I realize <laughs> I'm like, I, I feel like I, I want to call it a slowdown, you know? 
And I think that this is a huge learning experience for everyone. You know, this is, this is groundbreaking history right now. Nothing like this has ever happened. And thank God we have tools like technology to stay connected because if this happened 50 years ago, you know, we're all creatures of habit and we'd adapt, but um, people would really be shut down in their homes, forced to co-quarantine. And I think I'd want to be a divorce lawyer at the end of all of that, because <laughs> that's probably who's really going to excel in their line of work when this is all said and done, when it's ever said and done. Um, you know, no one has a crystal ball in this situation and we're all just doing the best we can. And I think that for me, as far as fitness goes, you know, I'm a spin junkie. I'm in those classes three times a week. They make me feel like I'm my highest self. Um, I'm the best version of myself when I'm in a room and the music is so loud that I can't even hear my own thoughts um, because I'm in my head a lot. And uh, for 45 minutes, it's just like utter bliss where I can have someone else tell me what to do. I don't have to make decisions for myself because I'm at the command of someone else who I happen to admire and respect. And um, I know what it's like to be on stage and command attention of a room. And it's just like the best release. So yes, I'm not getting that in the format of my sweat sessions. And I haven't been on stage in two weeks either, Pete. So I'll apologize in advance. I cannot be held responsible for what comes out of my mouth in the next, however, no. X minutes. <laughs> because, and that's one of the things I appreciate when I, when I met you and we started becoming friends, it's like, I can relate a lot. And I've never heard somebody say that about an instructor. Now I'm kind of sitting there thinking, God, I wish I was her spin instructor because I can tell her what to do for 45 minutes. Oh. And that's a, there is a certain type of power with that. When you're up in front of a room and you have, you know, 20, 30 sets of eyeballs staring at you, you have, and you're trying to make them sweat. You're trying to engage them, but that's why it's like, I can relate to you on so many levels because when you're up teaching a class or you're teaching a workshop to a hundred fitness professionals, you are, there's a certain drug, there's a certain feeling of being up on stage. And yeah, I mean, that is one of the things right now that kind of stinks is you lose an audience. So which is worse, not being able to do your, your sweat sessions, your workouts, or not being able to perform in front of a, in front of an audience, which is like, which is having, which is kind of making you buggier. And I don't want to do on the negative, but we have to, no, we have to acknowledge no, in order to move past them. Fair question. Gun to my head. And I mean, you wouldn't have to immediately. It's comedy. You know, I, I appreciate you logging in as did many all over the country, which felt so wonderful the other day as I'd never done a virtual comedy show before. A lot of the higher level comics are really frowning upon that. And they're taking to social media to talk a bunch of shit about how stand-up comedy really? by ways of Instagram is already ruined as an art form. And now like you should just quit comedy period if you're looking to do online comedy shows. But it's like, well, what else are we supposed to do? You know, we're, we're scraping the bottom of the barrel, trying to come together and, and use the tools that we have. And thank God we have some. So I thought it was a great success. You know, uh, of course, it was awkward as I didn't have the feel of a real life audience to know. And as a credit to chat boxes, you know, you think you're getting people that are laughing at what your content is coming at your set. How is this being received? But it was really just about unity, I think, in that moment. And people, when I saw little, I guess, uh, takeaways of people popping up from their couches of their home, like taking a pause from whatever they're binging on Netflix to like log into this call and watch something live happening in the moment, in the present. 
Um, and thanks for the tips, by the way, because we're all kind of waiting for unemployment at the moment. So every little bit helps. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I was a fan of it and, um, I'm just glad that the comedians were open to doing it. Um, so I would definitely say comedy, you know, is, yeah, I feel like a part of me is really missing. I have the luxury now. I know we met when um, I lived in North County and I just moved downtown, but I live across the street from the convention center. I also have the luxury of living alone. So I don't have any dependents. I don't even have a house plant that I need to water. So <laughs> me going to the stairs of the convention center right across the street from me by myself, um, you know, at night, if I want maintaining that, uh, that restriction of social distancing that is there for me. Um, I, I can run the stairs a couple of times. I can go up and down the stairs of my building if I want. Um, well, let me, let me cut it here real quick for listeners. Number of years ago, you don't know this Lauren, but about maybe 10 years ago, I filmed uh, with the American council on exercise. We filmed a stair running video, the benefit of stair running at those convention center stairs. So for listeners, I'll link to that down below in the show notes, but I'll send you that video because it's kind of funny. I mean, we, it's, it's a 10 year, it's 10 years earlier of me, um, but we just did, we, we shot it there because so many people in San Diego, how crowded, I didn't even think about that. How crowded are those convention center stairs right now? They're always uh-huh. crowded in the evenings with people doing their workouts anyway, but now I must, can imagine that just most, a ton of people must be using that whole convention center area or have they shut that down? Do you have that area under quarantine as well? Uh, as of two days ago, when I was out there, it was fine. Um, that'll be the day. I, I don't see any like marked off. Can't go here yet. Um, just doing whatever I can to be creative right now. I'm capitalizing on the demand and I have to give a shout out to my mama down in Houston, Texas. Um, you know, if you want to talk about family in a minute, I'm, I'm away from them. Like many others are, I'm not near with my family, which I think during this time we're craving security and, and comfort and the safety of being, you know, near the ones we love most. And I had to cancel my flight last week, um, or I'm sorry, this week, um, to be with them for the birth of my nephew, which he arrived Wednesday and he's here and he's healthy and well. So at this time when all of this fear is happening and, um, you know, sadly people are losing their lives. There is new life being brought into this world during, during this crazy chaos and, and the pandemic that's, um, you know, making us, you know, stuck in our houses all day long. And we just don't know what to do with our time or with our minds or ourselves. So yeah, I, um, I don't know. I, I'm just taking this time to like create right now and, and put my pen to paper. And, um, I know that I have people around me that I can pick up the phone and call at any time. And, um, I have a great support system family. Um, yeah, is States away. And I realized as much as I was craving to be with them in Texas, I'm put to better use here in San Diego. I realized for me and my spiritual, journey that my higher power wants me here being of service to people that need my help. Um, like I was saying, I'm out grocery shopping for people right now. I'm capitalizing on that demand. And Oh, cool. How'd you, who are you connecting with for that? I mean, that's kind of a, and that's kind of a cool thing to do. And I think we're starting to see, cause what I just had the conversation the other day with, um, with a group, with a team of people who, um, they, they, they're former special military special operators. And we we're talking about resiliency and overcoming the stress of being in the situation. And what occurred to me during that conversation, Lauren, is in the military, there's a huge sense of teamwork and community. And so I think one of the ways to get through this is by reaching out to your community and forming your own team. So this idea, you know, going shopping for other people, 
how how is that you know that must be something you look forward to every day right because that is kind of coming together as part of a team I am adoring it. And like I said, I was giving that uh, applause to my mother for coming up with this idea because I work in a restaurant and like so many other people who are in the service industry, shout out to them too, who are home and out of work. Clearly as a comedian who performs at night, all my shows have been canceled for the foreseeable future. So um, I immediately popped open that app that I had downloaded and, and got hired on pretty quickly um, six months ago. And I have just been full throttle using it every day. I almost like, I get excited every morning that I pop it open and I see there's like 300 orders that I can pick from to fulfill Wait, for people. App of where you can sign up and go, is it like, is it just like TaskRabbit or something like that? Yes. It's like, a ta- it's like Instacart. Okay. The one that I'm um, doing, I think I had the shirt somewhere. Cause I got to throw on that <laughs> ugly lime green thing in a little bit. It's the most fetching color. Yeah. But they really need to know, like, ident- I have to identify myself, you know, going in and out of the stores. Like, oh, we saw that chicken here like a few minutes ago. What's she doing back for another round of toilet paper? Like, no, I'm actually going out there to fulfill shopping orders for moms who are stuck at home with their kids and they don't want to take the whole family out and subject them to the risk. Um, if they're, you know, fearful about that, you know, shopping trips for the family just aren't um, an option right now as far as. Elderly as well, they do get a small window of time as a privilege, a courtesy to them to go and shop for an hour um, prior to the public getting the option to come through the doors so they can have some quiet time to get in and get out what they need. But that's not always the case. They're not always getting up at seven in the morning to do that. So people like me who are healthy, willing, and able, if you have a reliable vehicle, that that's definitely um, a major factor. You definitely need to have a good car to get you around town. You can pick which orders you want. You know, obviously it's feasible to stay close to home. And um, it's just like rocket fire right now. I will do anywhere from like, I'll do it all day long. You know, I'll start at eight o'clock in the morning when the shop's open and some stores are reopening till like 10 o'clock at night. And I'll just, um, yeah, people are so grateful right now. I've never seen more smiles. Um, the gratitude I'm receiving from people via text when I'm like, hey, this is Lauren. I'm your ship shopper. I'm about to go to Ralph's, get your order. They're just so stoked. You know, I'm. I, it's such a service to do right now. So I've been encouraging anybody that is out of work right now that is either a comedian or is in the service industry that's at home and is worried about when the hell is unemployment going to come through to, to jump on this service because it's just, it's fabulous. Um, I'm just glad something like this exists. And thanks to my mama for bringing it to my attention. That, that, that is cool. I will shout them out. That it's funny. I'm going to mention my dad here because I was joking with my dad that I needed to go pick him up early one morning. My dad's in his seventies and he's relatively sharp mentally there. He has moments of slipping. But I was like, dad, I need to give you a couple shots of scotch and take you to the store and say that you have a little <laughs> dementia and I'm there to help you shop. I figure if I can get in a little bit earlier, you know, it's like, you know, my ex and the two girls are, they're actually running low on toilet paper right now. And I, and I did my first COVID-19 drug deal. I was at a Starbucks. I was in the, in the, in the drive-through line of Starbucks. I was in the drive because Starbucks drive through is still open. And I was on the phone with my dad. I'm like, hey, I'm getting coffee right now. And he was saying, well, can you pick us up a pound of, you know, he and his husband wanted a pound of, of coffee. And I was like, absolutely. And then we we're talking. I'm like, well, we need to go shopping because the girls are running low on toilet paper. And I want to help, you know, I'm trying to help my ex out because she still, she works for the sheriff's department and uh-huh. still has to work. And I'm like, so can we go shopping one more? He goes, well, we have extra toilet paper. So I literally went to my dad's house and 
I threw the coffee out of the, I threw the coffee out the window <laughs> and he put the toilet paper in the back of my car. Oh my it God. Really felt like we were doing the most, you know, ridiculous drug deal in the world. You know, it was like, Hey, you know, we talked for a few minutes, you know, you know I was, I kept in my car, but it was just kind of like, I'm like, is this really what we've come down to? The only thing I need is a shotgun and like a, I need like, I feel like I'm a Marauder vehicle from, um, from what's that Mel Gibson movie. Uh, I'm totally, I'm totally blanking on it. Not lethal weapon. Not but lethal I, weapon. Uh, it? But it's that Bell Gibson movie, Bla- not Blade Runner. Damn it. Now I'm totally, but I feel like I'm back and I'm totally, I, one of my favorite movies. I'm too. I usually know my but I, That's how well. I feel like we're almost close to that point, right? Of like, of, of doing that. So for you to reach out and doing that service. Now, let me ask you this. Have you done a number of fitness instructors? It, it looks like my Instagram timeline, Lauren, has thrown up fitness all over it because so many of my colleagues are putting fitness workouts up on there. Have you tried any of these in-home workouts that people are putting up on as a, as a fitness enthusiast? Have you tried to do an in-home yoga class or an in-home workout? And what's been that? How'd that go? You know, I'm guilty, Pete. I have not yet logged on for one. I have gotten some emails from the yoga community uh, about doing Zoom calls using the same platform um, to do at-home workouts. So that is on my list of things to do, which, you know, still seems to be like an endless list, even though we all have all the time in the world right now. Um, So I will log on to that soon to have the experience. Um, in particular, I have a wonderful yogi instructor. Her name is Dre Santana. I always say Namas Dre. She is from <laughs> Soul of Yoga in Encinitas. And I find myself um, now at this stage in my life, I used to be all about the workout and I need the sweat. And there was a lot of ego behind it. And I realized what I really needed most of my body, even though I'm a spin junkie, is um, more restorative styles of yoga. So I have these amazing well, it's a ball sack really is these therapy balls. And yes, they're blue. Um, and I bought them from Dre and I take them with me everywhere I go. They are the best things for somebody who is on my feet all day and I'm waiting tables or I'm doing stand up. Like I rarely sit down and, um, it's the best way to like work out any tension and stress in my body. It's like giving myself a a deep tissue massage for an hour. So Dre had just reached out about doing some restorative classes. Um, It's called roll and restore. So I look forward to um, doing one of those soon, but no, I've, I've just really been relying on anytime I can go outside, um, you know, sneaking that in. I, I know every day, the uncertainty is there and things are changing. So um, I'm just like, like I said, we snuck in a hike last Saturday. I know we got a lot of ridicule for that. And if it's not San Diego County, we're going to try for any, you know, towns outside the border of uh, in different counties. And, that maybe and, and for, listeners, I mean, for listeners, what, what, what Lauren's referring to is the County of San Diego has shut down outside parks. I mean, they've shut down beaches. They've shut down the hiking trails because a lot of people in San Diego, us, you know, San Diegans like outdoor activity, they, they were worried that we'd be gravitating towards the trails and on the beaches. So in an effort to keep us safe. And I have to say, I, there are many things I love about living in California, but sometimes it definitely becomes too much of a nanny state. And, you know, it's like, yeah, we can be smart. And one of the ways I look at this whole COVID-19 thing is it's kind of like thinning the herd, right? I mean, if you're smart and if you take, you know, if you take, you know, if you take the right precautions, you can mitigate the the risk of developing the virus, but at the same time, if people are stupid and going out and doing stupid things, do we really need their genes in the gene pool anyway? I mean, I know it's <laughs> a harsh way to look at it, but it's like, why not just, I mean, 
it, look, I mean, people who are sheltering in place and staying at home and following the protocols, fine. I mean, we're going to be fine. You know, everybody's going to be fine. At the end of the day, this is, this is a, a pain in the ass for a brief period of time. But for people that are too dumb to really pay attention to it, do we really need their genes in the pool? I mean, you know, on that note, one of the things I want to ask is how do you, when you develop material as a comedian, because, and I, I told you this, you know, I, I told you this when we met and when we spoke, as a public speaker, I look a lot to comedians as your your timing, your rhythm, your body posture on stage. But I'm always interested in how do you develop material? And are you actually using this time to kind of like you mentioned, you're doing a lot of writing. Are you using this time to really look at how do you develop your material and, and how how do you think you, you know comedy will play with with this whole virus thing? Do you think you know will will comedy, I guess the question to ask, will comedy be a good release? that will help us to kind of laugh at everything we're going through right now. I think laughter is the best medicine. It's truly the key to making this experience that we're all in unity and going through the same thing, whether you're a celebrity and in the top 1% or you're someone that is struggling at home with five kids, we're all in this together. And Another thing that I always say about comedy is like when I'm up on stage and I'm up there and I'm vulnerable and I'm delivering a joke for the first time that maybe in my head is funny and maybe other comics have found that it's funny. But um, when you hear that hum of laughter all at the same time, when you're in a room with people, and this is why obviously a live audience is so important and why comics are are suffering so bad right now is because we rely on that. Um, that when people from all walks of life are in a room with you, you don't know any of these people for the most part. And they all decided to come to a comedy show and they all happen to laugh at the same time as something that you said, you know, that resonated with them, that they related to. I mean, that's the best feeling of people coming together at all. So whether right now, if we're doing it virtually and you see everybody typing LMFAO or rolling on the floor laughing or whatever, ha ha ha, emoji, 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 you know, um, it's the same, it's the same concept. And as far as like material coming right now, I know a lot of artists, no matter what you're creating, um, if you're a painter, if you're a sculptor, if you're an author, um, for me with writing jokes, it's yeah. Finding the funny in everything, you know, I'm out there, I'm developing a character right now. Maybe you caught her the other day. Her name is Glenda Glickman. (laughs) I am Jewish. Although all evidence to the contrary, I'm the most Aryan looking Jew there ever is. <laughs> so most people think I'm joking when I say I'm Jewish, but I, I am. And I have the bot mitzvah photos to prove it. That was not a staged Instagram situation. I actually <laughs> did read the Torah when I was 13 years old. So with Passover coming up and holidays coming up, as always, you know, of times of congregation, I'm out there in the grocery stores shopping for people and this character just came up for me. I think I've been thinking about her for a long time and how to execute her, but what a funny way that she happened to be born during this quarantine era of when this is happening. So um, I don't know. I, I just, I never not have a notepad on me. I've got stacks high of, of pads, you know, to be ready to jot that down. It's funny because honestly, my, my ideas for jokes come out the most when I'm working out. So, which is not an ideal, not a feasible opportunity when I'm on a spin bike and like, shit, grab my pen. I need to like write that down. So I'm like, don't forget that. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. And, um, other times is when I'm in the shower, 
another time where it's not like feasible to be able to jot down a joke. So um, yeah, those are when my best ideas cook up. And I'm just maintaining like good clarity right now, taking the best care of my health that I can so I can be receptive to that material, you know, and have my eyes wide open, my ears open um, everywhere I go to, to find the, find the laughter in life. There's always opportunities and some comics are a lot more bold than I am. Say like Tony Hinchcliffe or something. He goes to levels that I'm just not quite ready for. Um, You know, I kind of stay away from politics. I only talk about religion as it pertains to me. Um, I don't, I don't oust anybody. You know, a lot of my comedy is experiential about my life and I'm very raw about that. So it's just, there's no, there's no ceiling. You know, I've, I've been in so many lines of work where I've had to mirror the client or I had to be another person. And for the first time in my life, these last couple of years with comedy being in it, I can, I can be me. I can be the me that I've always wanted to be. Let me, let me cut in real quick because- Well, well, how long have you wanted to, like, how long have you wanted to be a comedian? Because I noticed when we exchanged emails, I, I think, are you a recovering realtor? Are you in a, in a 12-step program for having worked in, in, in real estate? Because I, I see uh, I, I, I'm sure that it's been tough for you because you probably had this bug to, you want to be a performer, you want to do it, but you've also felt this, like, I think like a lot of people, you feel it's like, well, I need to do what society tells me I need to do. But how long have you been trying to do comedy? I mean, when, when did you first get interested in, in, the, in the craft or in the art? I think my whole life, Pete, my whole life since I was brought into this world, um, you know, it, it comes from within. It's like embedded in your DNA. And then it's this calling. And then it's this voice. You say it's this little voice, but it's really not so little because it gnaws at you and it aches and it's like in, in your mind and you think about it constantly and thoughts do become things. Would you not agree? Um, so eventually, you know, you, you, I do believe in manifestation. I, I, not to get all like hippy dippy, but, hey, um, San Diego, we can be, we can be a little, yes. <laughs> Southern California. If we can do it anywhere, we can do it here. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I grew up, um, where my dad was always listening to comedy. Um, he's a big fan of it. He actually used to take us to see Bill Cosby when we were little, when we were youngsters, we just, I know all evidence to the contrary, <laughs> we know what a demonic monster that guy was, but crazy enough, he's one of the cleanest comics that ever existed. You know, he doesn't uh, curse a bit. Here he was, he gave people such a hard time for using, because I remember like he went after Eddie Murphy and Chris Rock for their sets. And, you know, here he was doing something just completely just beyond the pale. Right. Right. I mean, funny how that, how that, you know, that kind of stuff happens. Exactly. Um, So it's like, how well do you rather really ever know people? Right. (laughs) Um, But we just fawned over that growing up. We loved it so much. We would mimic him. We would imitate him, you know, um, and it was so much, uh, it was relatable, bottom line relatable because we were young kids and, and Bill Cosby would talk about family. And that was the central, that was the part of his comedy that, you know, we all related to. So, um, now, uh, I lived in LA for a time. Um, I've been back in San Diego for three years now, but when I was living in Los Angeles, that's when I left my corporate life and I decided to, you know, judge up a resume. Cause that's what I used to do. I was a headhunter. So I made a, I made a little white lie on my resume that I'd had some service industry experience. And thank God I did this because foreshadowing to my life now, 
when I got into real estate, waiting tables was my livelihood. I mean, until that first escrow check came in. So I'm so grateful and I'm a firm believer that everyone should wait tables at some point in their life. Um, that, I'm not that enthusiastically. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm not yes. Yeah. It teaches yeah. you so much patience, first and foremost, uh, how to listen, um, attention to detail. It keeps you in shape. So that's another thing. Like if I miss a workout or something, but I ran around the restaurant for six hours, I'm like, okay, well, it's okay that I ate those French fries because I still got my steps in today. So, um, I, I love being in a restaurant environment as opposed to being chained to a headset and sitting in a cubicle all day long, like I used to have to. And I just wanted to hang myself by that headset. This, this was like, Oh, I can be physical and I can meet new people all the time and have that face-to-face activity. Now are people always kind? Absolutely not. So I'll say that as a side note, be kind to your wait staff. We work our asses off. You know, we want to make sure that you have a great experience and, um, it's, it's an abusive, um, profession, you know? And, and see, I used to work in, I used to work as bar summers during college. And for a little while after college, I worked as a bar back and a bartender at a really busy place in the Washington DC area. And we used to have a whole bartering. I don't know if your restaurants you've worked in have this, but we had a whole bartering system, right? Cause you had, you had the cooks, you had, you had the kitchen, you had the line cooks, you had the wait staff and you had the bar staff. We all had access to different things in the restaurant. So we had this whole, and we were a really big restaurant. So we had this whole underground bartering economy going on that, you know, if we wanted food, we had to, you know, we had to give, we had to give alcohol for food. And then the wait staff would always want to give free drinks or give an extra round of drinks to their customers. And so they would, you know, Sorry to anybody that works in Sequoia, any management works in Sequoia. I'm sure you guys knew this was going on, but they would kick us some extra cash if we juiced up the drinks or we we you know put an extra round of drinks on their on their uh, on their tray. So is it you know isn't it funny? I love the fact, and it's so funny how many performers have spent time. But don't you think it's like instead of military service, don't you think every American should spend a year waiting tables just Absolutely. so they they learn how to deal with people? I think so. It's 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 incomparable, um, the skill set that you build from working in a restaurant environment. Um, the turnover is super high. So there's always a new person being hired every day. I meet somebody new and I do my best to, to learn everyone's name. Everybody is, you know, such an essential part to the restaurant operating at all levels from the dishwasher to the chefs, to the bar backs, to, you know, um, it's just an epicenter of where people go to enjoy themselves and let loose. And you never know what's going to come in the door, who's going to come in the door, you know, like for example, we had the golf tournament a few months ago, right? So all the pro golfers were coming through because I work over by Torrey Pines and it can be that level of clientele. And then it can be other people who are tourists. It can, you know, obviously San Diego is a huge city for tourism. Um, it can be the regulars. It can be, uh, the people that work on a corporate level within the building that the restaurant's in. And yeah, I just say, be kind to your wait staff because it's, it's one of the hardest jobs I've ever done. And I think I've definitely, whatever, however it came into my path between comedy, real estate, the corporate world and the service industry, I have somehow attempted the most challenging lines of work. And um, it's built some thick layers of epidermis on me, Pete. I'm not going to lie. Well, I mean, it, but you, I, I always joke that, you know, it's funny. I Because I, in D.C., I worked summers during college. Like I said, I'd work till maybe three, four in the morning some nights, especially on a Friday or Saturday night when we would stay open a little bit later and we'd have to clean up afterwards. And then a couple of you know, years later, I was working as an instructor going to work at, you know, five in the morning to go teach pet classes. 
So I saw DC on both ends, right? I saw mm-hmm. DC. And let me just tell you, I saw politicians that I recognized in the bar late at night. And I don't think they're out taking their daughters for a drink. You know, it's <laughs> like you definitely see, I don't think that was their daughter or their niece they're out having a cocktail with, especially not with what they'd be wearing. And so you would definitely see an interesting side um, to society. And, and you don't, I don't think you see that here in San Diego because we don't have that kind of, though there are a lot of things I love about San Diego. But what San Diego lacks is San Diego does not really have that gritty underbelly that a lot of cities like LA or, or New York or San Francisco have. Is that, is that mm-hmm. one thing? I think that's one thing that might be kind of a little bit tough as a comedian is you don't really have that. It's almost too perfect here in San Diego. So it's like, what can you make fun of? Right. Gosh, the surfer dudes. In a- <laughs> I mean, I moved downtown, so I'm in a new zip code where, you know, I'm not around, I feel like there's a lot more grind and hustle and I actually see men in suits, you know, down here walking the streets. Not right now. Um, but interesting Wait, how there, you there said that. Wear suits in San Diego? Really? Yes. Yes. <laughs> like full suits. And I'm not just talking about a blazer with a button up and like jeans. Like I see full piece suits and, and coming from Texas, I'm originally from Houston and I lived in Dallas for many years where I went to college. You know, there's something refreshing about that. So you know, taking the time, whether it's, he's ironing that in the morning and starching it or it's his dry cleaning bill, which are things that I don't have to worry about anymore. Cause I don't have to wear a ball gown on stage. Thank God. Um, <laughs> yeah. Comedy and working in the restaurant industry has really simplified my life a lot, you know? Um, and I'm, yeah, I'm not just talking about the, uh, the dry cleaning bills, but I, um, it's just changed my life for the better. You know, I'm a more relaxed person. Um, because I'm finally, you know, fulfilling a purpose that I knew I was meant to do when, like you said earlier about meeting societal norms, whether it's your family or it's, you know, other outside factors in your life that are influencing you to say like, why are you doing that? Yeah. It is an unconventional way of life if you want to label it, but if it makes you happy, you got to do what makes you happy. Um, or else what are you doing a total disservice to yourself? Right. So for you, it's obviously fitness is what brings you joy. And um, for so long, you know, I was forcing all these other things in my life, you know, square peg, round hole, whatever that saying is. And I was getting nowhere. I was forcing all of these things that other people wanted me to do that said, you'd be good at this. You'd be successful at this. And I'd always heard the seed had been planted many times about being uh, doing stand up. Um, specifically when I was in LA and I was around comedians a lot when I was working in the service industry scene there. And I was, you know, of course in the first response of it all, I'm like, fuck no, are you out of your mind? That's crazy. Like I, I would sooner die. And you know, when somebody plants a seed like that, it, it can fester and it can grow and it's in your mind somewhere. And, you know, it, it came down to the fact that I have to do it, you know, cause this is just going to eat away at me forever and I'll never know. And I think that's going to affect me more than not knowing than getting up there and putting myself out there and failing. Well, let's just pause. Cause I think that, I think that honestly to me, Lauren, that's one of the secrets of life, right? Is, and, and I'm not some wide sage, but I would rather try something and not succeed and at least have the knowledge that at least I gave it a go than to sit there always wonder in the back of my mind, is that going to, you know, is that going to work? Is that, can I do that? Can't, you know, am I able to do that? You know, I mean, starting this podcast was something that, that was that, you know, writing a book was like that, you know, am I able to do that? And, and there's always that fear of failure, 
but you just got to sometimes, and I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with a risk. I don't know. Have you seen risky business? Of course. Yeah. So sometimes you got to say, what the fuck, you know, you got to say like, that was the advice to Tom Cruise's character. You're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Why not? Why not give it a, why not give it a go? When you look at this, one one question that came up is I'm looking at this, like what's been the one moment? I mean, you're, you're, you're still doing the shows. You're still doing open mics. You're still doing that. But what's been your biggest moment so far of where you're up on stage going, am I really here? What's been like your pinch me moment about how did I get here? And am I really here? I think I've had a few, but the first one that comes to mind, because it was, uh, it was the best experience of my life was when I first did the comedy store in Hollywood. Um, that was definitely a aha moment of just next level cloud nine, you know, fluttering literally for like a week. Uh, I even had the worst hangover the next day because um, it was New Year's Eve was the day that I did the show. Uh, that was 2018 going into 2019. And I actually did wear something that resembles a ball gown on stage. I wore a really <laughs> glitzy New Year's Eve dress. And I'll probably never do that again because when you wear something like that on stage, people are distracted by your outfit and they're not paying attention to the words coming out of your mouth. But I had some of my dearest friends, the audience that came to support that night. You know, not a lot of people maybe think to go to a comedy show on New Year's Eve, but it was sold out. I think um, Polly Shore was... Um, performing downstairs with some of my other favorites, Kirk Fox and Benny Lee. And actually um, there's a thing in the, com the comedy world called a pop-in. And I think maybe you're familiar, but for others who aren't um, other greats that obviously have clout and can pop in anytime they want, no matter where you fall in the lineup. So I was ready to go up next and Harlan Williams from half baked. Who's a regular at the comedy store. Um, he popped in upstairs to the belly room because I think he was in between shows from the other rooms. And all of a sudden he's standing next to me and he said, nice dress. And he had told the gal that was hosting to introduce him as like Phil Jones as a joke when clearly everyone was going to know who he was on stage. So she did introduce him as that. And then obviously people cheered and roared with, you know, clapping even more when he got up and I was like, holy shit. Harley Williams just went up right before me. Like you never know what to expect in, in comedy. Just expect the unexpected. You never know who you're going to work with. You're always meeting new people. Um, you're always, yeah, networking with like all these people who are just weird with you that, you know, um, go up on stage. And like, I feel like when you get up there, you're already winning no matter if you bomb or not. But yeah, it's definitely gotten easier with bombing. Like, cause I know it's not going to derail me. It's not going to deter me. I'm always going to get back up on the horse. Um, it's, it's an obsession, you know? um, that runs deep and it's the obsession with improvement and the obsession with just fulfilling a purpose that's, that's greater than you, you know? So it, it, it can take a very long time to get there to realize, you know, and I don't know where this is leading. You know, I just like, we don't know what's going to be the fate of this coronavirus, but what we do have is now is the present that we should take this time as like a gift, you know? Um, so many people say what Pete, like, God, I wish I had time to do that. Oh God, I need to read that book. That's on my nightstand. Like there's so many things that I need to do. I wish I had more time at home and guess what? Now you have it. <laughs> so be careful what you wish for, because I know I have a storage unit in Solana beach that is just begging me to go over there and organize it. Cause that's the one thing that I've been putting off. So that's on my agenda this weekend, but just, you know, declutter, cook if you've never cooked, you know, um, Hey, call me though. And I'll do your grocery shopping for you. Um, <laughs> 
but yeah, everything, you know, spending more time with your loved ones. I have a call with a, an old roommate from college that I haven't talked to in five years. Like, the ability to have time to just like check in on people and, you know, see how they're doing, see how you can help someone else. Stop thinking about how this is impacting your life and that of your family, you know, get out of your own head and, and call somebody, you know, and, and see how, how they're doing. And, um, you know, call your mom, call your mom, call your mom, check in with her, text her every day, tell her you love her. Um, it's, it's, it's an unbelievable gift. I think for this world, we were polluting this planet so much. I mean, there's so much positive that's coming out of this right now. You know, if you, if you think about it on a grander scale and I'm just, I'm just honing those things and keeping those close with the good that this is doing right now. Well, isn't that, I think that's, and I think that's one of the hidden things of this, right, Lauren, is I think that we get so busy that this is actually forcing everybody to slow the F down and just, you know what, pause. And the one thing I've seen, I mean, we live, I mean, I'm in Carlsbad, I'm in La Costa and we live in San Diego where people live in their cars. And I'm seeing more people, I've seen more people walk by by an apartment with their families, with their dogs. And somebody on, on my Facebook feed the other day posted a meme of a dog and the dog was up on the refrigerator. The dog was up on top of the refrigerator saying, no, I'm not fucking going out for another fucking walk. You know, <laughs> I'm just like, cause you see that. And, and I think that is a benefit of, and what the other thing is, and, and I was talking about this with a colleague the other day, is that this is showing how quickly we can change our behaviors. Because already we're seeing levels of air pollution go down because nobody's driving, you know, and it's I think this is it's kind of a lesson that, you know, if there is a priority, if our lives are at stake, then, yes, we can take those steps that are necessary to change for the better. And at some point, I hope we can do that for the planet, for other things. So I think that's a really interesting, interesting thing. Are you going to be doing any more comedy online? Are you going to be doing any more, um, you know, trying to do that and trying to get up? Because, I mean, I'm sure it's a little bit weird because. I, I did my first like workout with some friends the other day on, on zoom and, and it's, it's weird trying to teach and coach a workout. I was just practicing it with them. because I wanted to kind of see the interface and it's weird. You're right. It's weird. Not really having that feedback, that live feedback the same way. Are you going to be trying mm -hmm. to do more comedy via, via the internet and, and via the, this medium? Uh, if those opportunities come my way, absolutely. Um, Jen Mason that conducted the show last Saturday, laugh your best life. I know that she's putting on weekly shows, which is so awesome. She's a fabulous woman. She has a background in improv. She's also teaching a workshop. I think in the coming weeks from her home that you can take in the privacy of yours. Uh, it's like an introduction uh, stand up for scary cats. So anybody like say like yourself or somebody that's um, gives a lot of presentations for their office and feels like they're getting rusty, even for us comics as a refresher, you had suggested to me um, to tune into Burt Kreischer and Tom Segura's Two Bears, One Cave. And I was actually listening to their episode for Monday this morning and I will be watching their new uh, specials. That's definitely on the list while we're in quarantine. Uh, it, it, but oh, them, Bert, I wasn't as, as thrilled with Burt's. I haven't seen Tom's schedule, Tom, Tom's special yet on Netflix, but Burt's was, he's been better. I mean, I, I'm a yeah. huge, uh, I just thought it was just a little, I don't know. I mean, I'll be interested in your reaction. Okay. It, I have it. it yes. Good. I, I'm really behind on my specials. I honestly don't even watch television that much anymore. Um, again, how my life has changed because all I would want to do when I was working corporate or in real estate was just come home and escape the, the, the idea of escapism and just tune out with the show and forget the day it happened. But now that I'm in this, I'm in alignment with what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, 
TV is like the last thing for my mind, but I know I need to stay up on my studies and do my homework and watch the greats. But speaking of the greats, what they were saying in the pod was, Ooh, yeah. Try not to be fear-based about this to me and other comedians at our level, but Bert and Tom are obviously, I mean, I too, I perform every week. I'm up on stage two, three times a week. And obviously that's not happening right now. So a piece of me is missing. It's like not having air, but we will survive. But with Bert and um, Tom, you know, who are traveling and, you know, commanding the attention of rooms of thousands, they are like, shit, you know, what's going to happen to us? Where Because we can't perform, you know, maybe two, three months from now. We don't know how long this is going to last, but everyone's going to be rusty as fuck. And it's fine if it's like, okay, I was on vacation for four days and I'm just coming back. Um, But, you know, when you haven't told that joke in a while, it's like every comic is going to be released back out into the wild at the same (laughs) level. And for them to say that, I'm like, oh God, don't panic. Like, relax. It's going to be okay. And I think because I love my comic community here in San Diego so much, I've never had the support of any line of business that I've ever done. And I've had a lot of jobs as the comic community. You know, we really, really lean on each other as far as much as we tease each other all the time. And we throw jabs and digs, like we all really adore each other so much. And I'm so grateful for them because we all, once we all go back out to Madhouse or wherever we're going to go for mic night. Cause every Tuesday we're cracking jokes. Cause that's like open mic night Tuesday. And we're like, this is where I would be right now waiting in line, trying to get on the list for ACC. Um, you know, what could have been, what would have been, but we're all going to be back out there and it's going to be a weird day. I think when we all get the chance to get back on stage again, and especially it's, yeah. yeah, it's comforting to hear that Bert and Tom are feeling the same fucking way. So, whew. We're not alone in this. <laughs> well, to wrap up here, Lauren, just wrap up. What is, because you've given me a little advice and, and I've thought about, for listeners, I've thought about trying to put together three to five minutes of just, just for the experience. And, and you know what, I don't really have, I don't have any, it'd be more for the public speaking experience of being what it's like to be up raw on a stage and an open mic. But for somebody that, that, that has thought about and, and they're sitting at home going, man, you know, I don't want to go back to my corporate job that blows, you know, how does somebody get started in comedy? What are, you don't go, I mean, what are the steps for, for getting, getting that, that first opportunity or, or what are the steps for just starting? Um, I think that, uh, doing what I did was I found a local comedy club that was offering a workshop and I signed up immediately. It was not something that broke the bank. Um, it was worth every penny. It was like a six week long, uh, workshop where we met once a week for two hours at a time. And um, just started writing with people that are veteran comics that helped guide us along the way. Um, Of course, you're getting out of your comfort zone. So be prepared to do that. Doing something like right now, like I mentioned earlier about Jen, um, who produced the show that you tuned into, uh, Laugh Your Best Life with the quarantine comedy show last week. Um, she, uh, she's running, um, an at-home workshop right now for 45 minutes that you can do so cheaply. Um, I think it's like 25 bucks, you know, you just Venmo her and she'll make you instantly feel comfortable, but yeah, you're going to get out of your comfort zone. So be prepared for that, but just know that what's on the other side is something even greater once you can get over that hump. And, uh, yeah, that would be my advice is, you know, we have the ability, the luxury of Google, you know, Google, what comedy for dummies and just start reading about it, you know, on how to start crafting a joke. And it's funny because I've been going back to sets of mine that I wrote two years ago 
and I've been pulling jokes again, like say about real estate and stuff, like never throw away anything you write down. It's so the truth. Um, so when it comes to hoarding, that's, that's okay. That's acceptable hoarding. Cause I, I am just building back on jokes that I wrote ages ago that I never thought I would say again, because now for stuff that I'm writing in the present, it, it's starting to like fit in plug and play like a puzzle. And, um, yeah, I'm just so grateful that I, I was able, um, to find that here and San Diego is a wonderful city. That's, um, very forgiving when it comes to somebody that wants to take a stab at stand up, And, and then, um, once you're a part of this community, it's, it's just beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. And I love all my comics because every time I open up my Facebook, I can find another joke. Um, like I have to quote Dave, Wright Cause we were talking about toilet paper and he's like, we just need to start printing money on toilet paper. Cause then it'd really be worth a shit, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. Like there's just little bits that I there's so much talent in the city, you know, we're close to LA, but like, I just, I love being, you know, getting my, my footing here in San Diego. So when I do go up to LA, I feel confident and I've learned so much from the people here in the city as far as comedy goes. So yeah, if anyone ever has any questions about how to get started in it, I'm here. Also, if anybody wants to know more about how to make a few bucks while helping people who um, need supplies right now, um, you know, hit me up as well. Instagram. So what is it again? Cause I love I love your IG handle. So sorry. LL cool. Jameson. LL cool. Jameson. LL cool. Jameson. Yep. And that's uh J A M I S O N jam is on. So sounds like the whiskey, but it's not spelled the same way. Jam is on. I think you've said that once or twice before. I think you definitely have that. Jam is on. Yep. Well, Lauren, I really appreciate it. I mean, this is a different, different perspective and and what I'm trying to do with the pod is I'm trying to get some, I'm trying to bring different you know, points of view on here right now, just so everything's not all doom and gloom. And, 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 or I, you know, I think at some point too, people in fitness are going to be a little tired of, okay, okay. No more at home freaking fitness solutions. I get it. I just want to sit on the couch, eat cookie batter for a little while and watch the world fall apart around me, you know? So I just wanted to bring on a little <laughs> bit of programming and, and offer a little bit different, um, irreverent look at, at fitness. So I really appreciate your insights and your input. And so it's, yeah, Lauren Jameson, LL Cool Jam is on, on Instagram. <laughs> and I will have that down below in the show notes for people that want to follow. And I mean, I mean, from what little I've seen that, like I said, the two sets I've caught of yours, you're good, you're comfortable on stage, you have good delivery. So it's going to be fun to watch and, and see where you go. And I'll close with this. I really think, I mean, the, the people in my, my industry have been talking about this or some of my colleagues that right now, those of us who learn how to adapt and learn how to use this medium. I think when we, when the quarantine is lifted, we can go back to doing this. We're going to be two steps ahead. So when you look at some of the older comedians that might be like, oh, no, don't do anything on Zoom. They're going to be behind because guess what? You've been working. You've been developing material. You've been trying stuff out. Even though it's been a different medium, you're adapting. So I think you're going to see this is going to kind of separate my industry, your industry a little bit. This is going to kind of separate the, the different you're going to have the younger generation now can kind of jump, take two jumps ahead. Um, that if you learn how to do this, if you deliver a few sets on, on Instagram, screw it, use it, deliver the, you know, work through the content, deliver it. I mean, that's what I'm trying to do right now is I'm trying to like, okay, what can I do to at least I'm, I'm trying to figure out YouTube, you know? So here I am at 47 years old and I'm trying to be a YouTube and Instagram, you know, it's like, what I, I'm, 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 but I'm trying to figure this out, right? Because this is now going to be a new delivery vehicle. So I would say, don't be afraid of going down this avenue and because you can come out way ahead of, you know, of other people 
and put yourself in that, you know, kind of jump ahead when, when everything does get back to normal. Definitely, Pete. I think uh, the key is to never rule anything out. Always try things, be a trier. Uh, always remain open and willing um, to alternate ideas and, and always be laughing. Always keep laughing. ABC is for me is the new ABC was always be closing is always be creating. So that's like definitely that. switched for me. And yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm so grateful. I'm, I'm new to listening to podcasts and I'm definitely even newer to doing them. So, um, I, I really appreciate, uh, getting to have coffee talk with you today. And <laughs> even though you're in the closet, um, <laughs> <laughs> come on now, I thought, no, I mean, <laughs> well, on. I, I, I'm, I'm in my I'm 350 square foot. I'm in my 350 square foot apartment, so mine's not much bigger than a closet. Hey, I, um, I record in the closet because it's more. Yeah, my apartment's not much bigger. Trust me, but I do get to say I live in La Costa, so that is a. That is, yes, you do, Mr. North. I County. live in La Costa, but um, you know, I, I live in a small. Yeah, the street, the, the houses down the street from me are worth seven figures, but my apartment is you know maybe 1,100 square feet, if that. Not even that. My apartment's yeah. like square feet. So, that's yeah. that's enormous to me yeah but uh yeah double pane soundproof glass coming live from within your closet it's it's excellent i'm sure it's going to transfer just beautifully well i hope i get to do this with you again and i hope i get to see you irl as the kids say in real life sometime soon and i know just from seeing her perform one or two times and the idea that i got for this doing this podcast was recently Lauren and a bunch of comedians did a, a show on Zoom. One of her friends organized a whole show on Zoom, and there are a number of comedians each did about a five, maybe six-minute set, and it was absolutely hilarious. And I gave me that. I was like, I'll reach out to Lauren and see if she'd be interested in coming on. So that was the impetus for this episode, and I would have a link down below to uh, Lauren's uh, to Lauren's Instagram page. I would recommend you follow it, especially if you're in the San Diego area or in Southern California. She's performed all over. She does open nights. She's performed up at the store, the comedy store in Hollywood. And it really is a lot of fun to have this conversation with San Diego comedian, Miss Lauren Jameson. As I mentioned in the beginning in the introduction, I just wanted to do something a little bit different with this episode. I wanted to give a slightly different point of view, a slightly different look on on the fitness industry, especially right now as, as we're having to deal with this major disruption in our lives. Right? I mean, we're we're all, you know, we're all learning how to do things differently. I mean, I'm trying to figure out how to teach homeschool for a couple of elementary kids, elementary school kids, which is something I never thought I would have to be doing. I mean. I love, I'm involved in my kids' lives. I, I love finding out what they're studying in school. I, I really love giving my daughter, you know, her weekly, asking about her, you know, giving her her weekly spelling words and everything. I just never thought I'd be running a few hours of curriculum every morning. And it really is. So we're all adjusting to this. And I know in the big scheme of things, when, when people are, are, are passing away and people are losing loved ones in, in response to this disease, to sit here and talk about, oh, I can't make it to my favorite class you know, that might not be that important, but the reality is this is our life. I mean, many of us look forward to, as instructors, as teachers, we look forward to teaching class. Not only is it how we make money, but it really is. We know we are giving people something important. You know, if you go to classes, you know how important that class is to you, whether it's yoga 
or cycling or strength training or a CrossFit workout. You know how important that is to you on your daily basis. And that's why I wanted to kind of have that conversation with somebody from a consumer standpoint. Because over the next few episodes, you're going to hear some really interesting content from some people who study this stuff full time. And that's why, you know, on, on All About Fitness, I'm trying to give you different perspectives of the fitness industry, not just from the trainers and instructors like myself, not just from the you know, researchers and the lab coats who understand what's going on in muscle fiber physiology and how everything you do affects the muscle fibers. I'm also reaching out to some neuroscientists. I'm reaching out to some former competitive bodybuilders. I really got a lot of cool programming coming up. And I wanted to do something slightly different. I mean, I'm trying to use this time. I'm sure we are all using this time to, to look at how do we stay active? How do we stay productive? So right now, while I'm practicing, you know, in the mornings I'm with my kids and in the afternoons I'm working from home. And, and so what I'm trying to do is really catch up and double down on the podcast. As I mentioned, I have the workouts coming out. I was planning those to launch those in April anyway. So I'm right on plan. I just didn't realize that we would all be stuck at home uh, when I release these workouts. So that that is um, a very interesting uh, bit of timing. I feel kind of like Forrest Gump. I don't know how many of you remember the movie Forrest Gump, but you know Forrest Gump went out. Uh, There's a hurricane. Forrest Gump went out, and all the boats uh, and the shrimp feet and the shrimp fleet got wrecked by the hurricane. And Bubba Gump was the only shrimp boat around, and that's where you know Forrest Gump became a very successful shrimp boat fisherman. Anyway, that's kind of what I feel like uh, with getting my workouts ready to come to market right now is that you know, it, it just happens to be a very advantageous time. So keep an eye out for that. If you're a fan of All About Fitness, I think you'll really get a, a kick out of them. Or you'll get, a lot, of, uh, you, you'll get a, a lot of benefit out of, out of participating in them. And what I'm trying to do with the podcast, let you in behind the curtain, is I don't want to charge for the content. I don't want to take advertiser money. I really don't. I don't want to have to beholden to advertisers and this message, that message. I really want to have a lot of editorial license. I want the freedom to do what I want to do on the podcast. And the way I'm going to do that is by producing and selling my own content. Workouts, eBooks, I'm producing a number of pieces of content coming out. So as we go over the go go forward over the course of 2020 and you're listening to all about fitness, you will, that's the only pitch you're going to hear from me is if you want to support the podcast, I'm not going to ask you to join a pay an extra $9 a month for exclusive content, exclusive interviews. I'm not going to do that. But if you like the podcast and you want to learn a workout that you can do at home or you can do with any piece of certain pieces of equipment, then that's how you can support the podcast. And I'll have those available soon. I, but keep in mind, I'm also putting out a lot, of, a lot of information that I'm not charging for. If you go to the All About Fitness podcast channel on YouTube, you will see a number of workouts I'm throwing up there. If you follow me on Instagram, Pete McCall underscore fitness on Instagram, if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see a number of, a bunch of information I put up on Instagram. What I'm trying to do is I, fitness comes very easy to me. And what I enjoy doing is sharing that with other people. A lot of stuff I don't mind putting out there, like the podcast, like, you know, blogs I write, things, you know, things I do. But then again, we all need to make a living. And so that's why I'm doing the, that's why I'm doing the workouts and why I'm doing the eBooks. So to wrap up, it was a lot of fun to have this conversation, a different look at fitness, a different perspective. If you want to support the podcast, go to PeteMcCallFitness.com, get on my mailing list, get a free chapter of the book. You can buy a copy of Smarter Workouts, my book. There'll be a link down below in the show notes. 
Go to my YouTube channel, subscribe to my YouTube channel, the All About Fitness Podcast YouTube channel. That's the All About Fitness Podcast YouTube channel. And you'll be receiving free content that way. So as always, thanks for stopping by. I look forward to having you join me for future episodes of All About Fitness.